Welcome to another episode of Teaching and Learning with Uncertainty. My guest is Dr. Joy, who is passionate about the presence of joy in schools. She's had the honor of being an educator for over 20 years. During this time, she served as a classroom teacher, school administrator, learning specialist, and adjunct professor. Currently, she works within a teacher's, teacher's college in curriculum and instruction. She is the author and owner of JoyWork, EDU. And she has a book also published called Back to Zero. Um, so I am really excited to have this opportunity to talk with Dr. Joy today. So Dr. Joy, thank you so much for um, joining me in conversation about teaching and learning with uncertainty. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, I'm excited to chat with you and it's always good to have a connection to Joy with someone else because <laughs> not always a topic everybody wants to talk about during times of uncertainty. So yeah, it's nice true. to be able to make this connection. This is true. And I think it's very needed now because yeah. they don't want to talk about it, right? So people really need to at least experience joy in some format, you know, yes, exactly. through this. So even in saying that, how are you doing? Here we are mm -hmm. coming up on the one year anniversary or mm -hmm. <laughs> of this pandemic that I don't think many of us thought would be this long. Yes. Um, and, and we are still sheltering in place and wearing mm -hmm. masks and debating about whether schools should reopen or not mm -hmm. and how safely they can do it. So how are you? Well, you know, um, like everyone else, my life changed a lot. Um, right before the pandemic, I actually had transitioned from the role of a school administrator to trying to work from home to be there for my children because I have growing children and have teenagers and they needed me as mom. Um, and, you know, they always need you as mom, but they're kind of some, you have to shift your priority sometime. And so um, I was okay, now I had this opportunity. I'll be home, I'll be able to see them off to school every day, you know, kind of manage my house, do my passions. And then bam, everybody was home. <laughs> So, you know, it was just making those adjustments. And, and I was thinking, okay, this was not how it was supposed to plan out. <laughs> but it ended up happening that way. And everybody is still home. Um, and so it's just trying nav to navigate through change. You know, not just change for me, but it's changed for my children. It's changed for my husband. It's changed for the animals in the house. You know, everything is so different. And so it's just getting to know each other again through a whole different structure. And it takes a lot of work. And there is, there has been a lot of joy in it. But it really is, it's not that joy, that happy, happy joy, joy that you see every day. But it's through intentionally making some connections as to what are the positive things that has that have come out of this um, overall. So it's, you know, like everyone else, I have my days and I have my moments, but I've also had a lot of celebrations and a lot to be thankful for during this time. Yeah. 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 You um, hit on so many things, you know, navigating through change, mm -hmm. <laughs> having to shift priorities, right? Yeah. Um, 
And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, planning to be home to do your work and then everyone was home because it was just this weekend and I, I was thinking about how much I enjoy, I enjoyed mm -hmm. being in the house by myself mm -hmm. because it, I could have nothing on and it was quiet and yes. I did my best thinking then. And now everybody's home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's always noise it's somewhere always, going on. Yes. <laughs> just preparing uh, for things that you have to do and you, you have to prepare everyone. Yes. You know, so that's a lot, you know, that's the extra work that goes into it. Yes. <laughs> and, and as you said, even the animals, right? Yes. I, I, I wonder what my dog will do. Um, when we're no longer here 24 seven, like I think she's going to have withdrawal because yes. <laughs> she used to be here a lot by herself and now mm -hmm. not anymore. So no. yeah. yeah, very And my dog came into the picture with a stay home mama because <laughs> she was a puppy. So she doesn't know anything else. <laughs> so I don't even know what that would look like. <laughs> <laughs> but you talked a lot, uh, a little bit about not only navigating through change, but how in your household you were getting to re-know or relearn the people in your household mm -hmm. um, and doing that with intention, yeah. but also with a, a new perspective. Mm -hmm. It's so important, those, those things, I think, you know, getting to know someone or relearn someone and then doing that relearning with intention mm -hmm. so that you can shift perspective. Yes. Like I was like, oh, wow, that was <laughs> <is> powerful. Because <laughs> you know, powerful. we just, we went from kind of like my kids and I, my husband travels a lot throughout the week. So we always went from being that get up early in the morning, um, you go here to school, you go there, I go to work, we come home, grab something, you go to this sport, you go to that sport. So we rarely had time for like active communication and just, and that's really the bottom line. So being here um, just really made us reevaluate how we talk to each other, you know, how we just interact with each other, our needs, who we are as people, what are some of our likes, what are some of our pet peeves, what are the, some of the things that we've been holding on to for so long, you know, that we haven't even had time to kind of face. And so it's really, it really gets deep in here sometimes, you know, <laughs> just the whole process. So it's, it, it's so different because we're, I think when things are out of your control, sometimes you're forced to just kind of make connections that you didn't, weren't able to make before because you have to stop and you have to work with what you have. And sometimes you're forced to make those connections. Yeah. 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 And as you were talking, I was thinking about how does that look like how does that look in a classroom mm, <laughs> you mm. know um this notion of relearning someone with intention mm. and the intention of shifting your perspective about them I, and it, yeah that's a, a question i think i'm gonna continue to think about is what does that yeah. look like in a classroom mm -hmm. yeah you know because i think that's um in order to do that a teacher would have to be um, open and accepting. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, mm -hmm. of whatever comes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and how difficult is that, you know, to even yes. think about um, being open and accepting and, and um, not have a plan for mm -hmm. every second of everything that's gonna happen. 
Yeah. And so that's the epitome of uncertainty, I think. Yes. (laughs) So um, tell me about a time when you felt successful with uncertainty in in your work with teachers. Well, um, I'll say I'll kind of go with my latest kind of group that I've been working with of 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 educators who serve kids in a different capacity because it's more in a um an out of school time capacity mm-hmm. but they were hungry to be connected with what was going on with the schools so that they can serve their serve their students mm-hmm. and so what i realized that as an educator i came in with um this not like i've always felt like okay well i have these this knowledge of these practices because I work in a school, but you can learn. It doesn't have to be someone that's in the school setting or in the public education setting or that has had that role to teach you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I learned about uncertainty is that when you tap into um, and you're you're uncertain about something, you're jumping into something, when when you're able to just be open and tap into the experience, you learn so much than as if you just go in there with just like, I know I'm uncertain, but I'm going to do this anyway, because I'm comfortable with this way of doing it, you know, but when you just take a moment and just like, okay, like, I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to kind of soak up what's around me and, and then go with it. I think you just tap into a whole new side of yourself and it just makes your work so much more dynamic Yeah, um, yeah. than always having that plan. And not that as teachers, we think we know everything, but we kind of sometimes <laughs> going with, because we're so, we're, we're fun, like, that's how we work. We have our plans for the day. You know, once you're a teacher, always a teacher. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. You know, you have this set, you have things you want to get accomplished, you know, and, um, and it's so funny that we call it like scaffolded learning or scaffolding experiences because. You're, we see it as like we're providing those scaffolds, but really that's based on the needs of the people that we serve. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that we're always giving them something. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's interesting that how what, what you're able to learn and just gather sometimes um, um, through that process. And I think that's the joy. It, it comes in such unexpected ways and the experience just becomes so much more dynamic and meaningful. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. Is the experience is so much more dyma- dynamic and meaningful. That they, those are the key words there, because when you come with an attitude of learning, and that was the note I jotted down as you were describing mm-hmm. coming into something, being open and accepting to it. That's an attitude to me, an attitude of learning, right? So I, mm-hmm. I come yeah, to this yeah. experience of wanting to absorb, right? Mm-hmm. So I I watch, I listen. Um, and then I get curious about what I'm, what, what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. And in, mm-hmm. in that curiosity, if I'm asking questions or I'm even asking the question of myself and I'm looking for that answer, I'm learning information there. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's it is that, that unexpected learning and mm-hmm. that's, and it becomes so meaningful to me then because it's what I needed. To, to learn. It was what I decided was important to me, what yeah. I was curious about. And so now and I'm walking away with, with understanding that no one could plan for mm-hmm. because they're not me. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. 
So, and I say that because I think that's the one thing that um, sometimes the teachers, and I, I was there too, I got so caught up with is they had to learn the goal that I had planned for that mm -hmm. lesson. And sometimes they didn't get that goal. Yes. And I couldn't see because I, I was so stuck in this certainty that mm -hmm. I couldn't embrace the uncertainty and and figure out and um, make space for what they were learning, mm, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> what did you get out of this lesson? Mm -hmm. It was well, they didn't get it, right? They didn't get it. I yeah. have to teach this lesson again. Yeah, but what did they get out of it? Yeah, yes, yes. And how do we make space for that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we do that with kids, and then sometimes I think as leaders, we also do that with teachers. Yeah. And so that you know, that's something I had to learn, and as an administrator. You know, as well. So in every role, I feel like I learned it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. you are so right. I am. <laughs> we do that as administrators. And mm -hmm. I find that if we try something other than that, the teachers are so uncomfortable with it mm -hmm. that they they don't want it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Um, I think back to when I was an administrator and I, I did see things a little differently than the previous administrator of the mm -hmm. school I was at. And when I tried to do things differently, there was so much resistance. Yeah. Like, just tell me what you want. And I'm like, I, I don't, you went to school just like I did. Like, yeah. I don't need to tell you, you know mm -hmm. what you need to do. Yes. Um, and so I think it is, important that we bring that attitude of learning, I think, even as school leaders. Yes. Um, because if I come in as a school leader with an attitude of learning, I'm modeling that, but also um, setting that as the expectation of how this school works, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> with yes. an attitude of learning and that we're always learning and we're always, everyone in this community is learning and being curious, um, asking questions about mm -hmm. things we don't understand just to get clarity on it. Yes, yes. And it's not a criticism. You know, you're not, you don't need to be defensive. I, I'm just because I don't, I didn't understand this. So I, this didn't make sense to me. So I need to ask a question. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was, how was, how did questioning and being curious, um, how does that impact the work that you do? Oh, wow. And that is, um, you know, I'm such an inquisitive person. And so I realized that when I'm questioning and being curious, that's a process. Sometimes, I, you know, I'm, I am that type of person that will go in and ask a question, like, because I'm so, it'll just fly out of my mouth sometimes. And my husband will always tell me, like, sometimes you can't always, you know, ask what you're thinking. At the time, because it's not, you know, people are not always ready for certain questions and, and things. So questioning is so important in my work, but it's also important, like the intention behind uh, the, the questioning, mm -hmm. how I craft the questions, um, especially in like my written communication and just my interactions with a lot of the people that I work with, because I often come in as I'm the outsider, not come in, I am. I'm the outsider who doesn't understand what they're going through. It doesn't matter if I say, you know, I went through this with my children or I taught for this amount of years or I've, you know, I've led schools. At that time, 
you know, they, they might have went through something at the, during that day um, with a child or with a parent. And so for me, the way I say my questions can make such a difference in how they're going to learn that day. Mm-hmm. You know, my questions, if they come off as judgmental or intrusive, you know, so I think that is, it's such, it's so important. And sometimes I may have certain questions planned or things that I want to know, um, and they're just not ready for it. So with curiosity, I need to make sure that it's just not about satisfying like my own curiosity, but that they're ready to share with me um, that part of them. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because it, it's just questioning and, and getting to know um, from that perspective, when I talk about questioning and curiosity in my work, it, it, it comes with a lot of patience mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, you can't, I can't get everything. You can't always get everything satisfied that you want at that time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it, it's about being, it's being patient with the process and allowing people to open up, um, do their learning and not just, through my plans, but as they're learning individually, they open up and it, it doesn't happen to everybody at the same time and everything doesn't just turn around at the same time. So definitely takes a lot of patience when I think about that. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about you saying that people aren't ready for the question sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so when they're not ready, do you ask the question anyway? And just let it simmer, or do you hold off on the question for another well, I time? I think I try to. I think I try to read the room or read what's going on, and sometimes I go for it and just see what happens, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go for it, and then if I need to kind of like dig myself, you know, back to, to somewhere safe, you know, I try to. I try to just do that. Um, I can't say there's a set answer. But I think I just do, I'm still a work in progress with it. And so um, sometimes I just go for it and say, okay, I just hope that, and I'll simmer on it. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, like for the rest of the evening when it's done. And like, I hope it didn't, you know, I hope I didn't do too much. I hope, and then I'm like, okay, next time I see him, I hope it, you know, that they still, are not, they don't have like a brick wall up, you, you know, so it's a work in progress. Sometimes I just go for it and sometimes I'll try to find maybe, a different way of doing things, a different entry point. I'll try to change on the fly, um, but it just all depends. Yeah, and I think what I heard you say in that answer too is that even in asking a question, you're revealing a lot of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I heard you say, yeah, sometimes I have to figure out how to get back to be safe again. Yeah. So just in ask, and that's such a, a curious notion about being curious, asking questions, um, and feeling safe all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when you talk about like a lot of the work I deal with, talk, um, it's really about emotions. And sometimes we're not comfortable sharing our emotions. We, we can identify emotions in others. It's easy to talk about that. But, you know, it's not always easy to um, talk about and reflect on our emotions. And so I realized that in my work, um, that that's not easy for, for others to talk about safely. Mm-hmm. Well, emotions are uncertain. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Aren't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we don't always know when they're coming. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we hold on to them longer than they actually 
have been there, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> we, we get stuck in them and mm -hmm. it lives with us for a long time. So that's uncertain because not all yeah. the time does that happen. I think there's just so much uncertainty mm -hmm. around um, emotions. So say, say, say a little bit more about, um, about emotions in your work. Well, because I think for me, like, you know, people experience, have experienced school so differently. Mm -hmm. And they work with kids, but their experiences with school and their expectations are so, were so different depending on the person and what um, their background, you know? And so their values and beliefs and what they bring, you know, really has a lot to do with their experiences mm -hmm. and some of the things that they've gone through, which um, some may describe their school experiences as, you know, wonderful and some others may not. And so how they see this work and what they're open to learning and, and the emotions that they come to, to their work with or their professional learning with is, is sometimes it's just, it's just different. Um, you know, depending on what they're holding on to, depending on what they're going through in their life. Um, depending on maybe how a school has treated their child, depending on whether they have children or not, you know, so what you bring, it's just, you know, for me personally, um, when I talk about challenging um, and getting through challenges, it's a very emotional topic for me because I was a parent that was always getting phone calls from the school saying, come pick your son up. So how I enter the conversation and what I bring to the conversation is a lot different than what other people bring to the conversation who may be the ones telling me, be the mm -hmm. ones calling, come get your child. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's um, so what we bring is, um, it, it, it really is sometimes determines what we're able to accept. But I think the good thing is if you're able to get in a place where you hear well, you just, you're able to not see past the emotions because I think that's, that's some, I think that's um, impossible to like, as you would say, leave your emotions at the door, but kind of recognize um, that you do bring them and try to kind of reflect on how they impact your work. Then I think you can kind of begin to shift in, in some of your perspective and your insights and how you respond to certain situations. So it's not ever about like leaving them, getting rid of them, they're not going anywhere, but taking that time to reflect. We don't often get to do that. We don't have that experience of someone helping us to do that. That's not available for everyone. You know, a facilitator will come in and take you through that process of being able to um, really see how your emotions impact your work. I don't, I don't think I've, I've had those type of experiences as a teacher often. Mm -hmm. That wasn't what professional learning was, was about. So how you get that experience, how we make that more um, available for teachers and educators, I don't know how we're going to do that in the future, but I know it's important. Well, I, I um, see it as being extremely important mm -hmm. post-pandemic. Yes. You know, our teachers have dealt with a lot of challenges in these past 365 days. Yes. <laughs> um, 
and challenges that they never expected to happen. Mm -hmm. So when you really think about teaching and learning with uncertainty, this past year has really been that for a lot of teachers um, in a way in which yeah. they've never thought about it. Even though I think t teaching and learning with uncertainty is every day, this past mm -hmm. year has really highlighted that, you know, Absolutely. for a lot of teachers. And so not just the teaching and learning, but you have the effects of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You also have the, um, the, the emotions that come with your own well-being and safety mm -hmm. due to the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, they bring um, the emotions of um, caring about their students and, and mm -hmm. wondering what's going on with their students. Um, there's just been so many challenges, just just so yes. many challenges that they've had to deal with. And, you know, any school leader listening to this podcast, I implore you to figure out something to center your teacher's well-being. Because mm -hmm. when we reopen school, we want to reopen school in a way that we can support teacher well-being and move instruction along at the same time. Right. Yes. Because if we don't, teacher well-being is going to be a disruption to teaching and learning. Yes, absolutely. You're going to have so many teachers not being able to actually do their jobs effectively mm -hmm. because of what they're, they're coping with and dealing with, that it will be a huge interruption or disruption to um, the teaching and learning and student academic success. So if we don't put some focus on how we're going to handle this mm -hmm. you know, post-pandemic, I think that there's going to be a lot of challenges. Um, and you see, I mean, you hear the the big issue you hear is just a trust factor oh, yeah. um, with teachers. You know, they're like, all of a sudden I'm, I'm being asked all these questions um, about, you know, do I want to work from home? Why do I want, why do I need to work virtually? Why, you know, and it's, and those questions seem more, when you talk about questioning, you know, Teachers are thinking, why are they asking you? Is this going to be documentation for later date? Or, you know, they can't. It's about this whole trust thing, too. Um, and, yeah, that's, that's going to be essential come, um, when you think about it, you know. Just are teachers able to trust that what's ever being asked to them, that their well-being is important, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, that's going to be so important. Not just that their well-being is important, but I can trust the structure that I work for. Right. Yeah, you have to have a safe, a, a sense of safety. Yes. That's yes. exactly what you're saying is, you know, mm -hmm. we have to have a sense of safety that if I express these emotions, yes, they're not going to be used against me later on. Mm -hmm. And even as a school leader, they're dealing with the same kinds of stress, too, that the teachers are, mm -hmm. you know, post-pandemic. So we really need to make a space for schools post-pandemic that's mm -hmm. going to be a place where we center the adults, right? Yeah. Because if I can take care of and make sure that the adults in the building feel whole, then I know the kids are gonna get that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> if the yeah. teachers can show up authentically as themselves, mm -hmm. bring all of them with them, you know, every day, I know that they then can, and, and as the leader, I can make space for mm -hmm. what they need. Then me in me doing that, I think, the teachers will start to will do that too. That will translate then to their students because you even talked about you know 
the way I experienced school. And then I think this is how school should be, but not everyone experiences mm -hmm. school the same way you experienced it. Yeah. And, and so there needs to be this openness um, that I can bring all of that with me, mm -hmm. but I can also be open to what other ways, what other perspectives are there, you know, to how we do school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think the gems you dropped, you know, is to be able to listen and acknowledge mm -hmm. the emotion that people are experiencing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so key. Yes. And so, you have the parents and teachers, yeah, all the different dynamics of mm -hmm. relationships. And it's playing out so ugly, it seems like in the public, on social media, and, and you know, it's such a distraction. It just seems like everything's playing out so ugly, but I don't believe everything is that ugly. Yeah. And so you just have to, that's another thing. Sometimes you're going to have to block out a lot of that noise <laughs> and, and, you know, to, in order to really reflect and dig and dig deep and do something that's helpful for teachers. Cause there's a lot of noise out there, yeah. you know, but I don't believe in my heart that that is all of the ugly. I, there has to be some well-meaning, you know, um, <laughs> You know, I, I don't believe all these. I can't say that every experience is bad and every teacher is running for the door. You know, I, I, I can't believe that because there's a you know, school full of teachers right across from my street that show up every day. So, you know, I know it's difficult, but I think sometimes it looks like, wow, everybody is just like at this space where they're running for the doors and it's unsafe. And, you know, I don't I don't think that we, we we can't look at it like that and feel like there's hope mm -hmm. right you know? yeah definitely if you think that way there is no hope right because yeah. who's going to be left yes <laughs> to teach the students if we think everyone is you know running mm -hmm. for the hills you know to get out of this profession mm -hmm. you mentioned before reflection and in my experience in working with pre-service teachers and in-service mm -hmm. teachers. Reflection was um, something that they grappled with. Mm -hmm. Reflection, and, and I say they grappled with it um, because um, they grappled with reflection that would help them deepen their understanding, mm -hmm. right? And I, and what I would get a lot of the times was kind of a play by play, a replay of what mm -hmm. they did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Which is just a re it's a retelling, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm a reading teacher, so it's, they just retold the story, mm -hmm. but they didn't reflect. Right. Because a retelling is not a reflection. Yeah. And so I'm wondering what did, what helped you become reflective? Yeah. What helped wow. you become reflective in I a way that it deepened your understanding, right? I think, yeah, it, you know, that's so hard. I think for me, what it was, was I was always looking outside of me for the answers and it wasn't working. And I really got to a space in my, my educational journey where I was like, I, and I don't know if everyone experiences this, but I was like, enough is enough. Like I'm, I'm done with this, you know? And I was, and, um, but I realized I, I was at this place where I was always looking for the answers from someone. Mm -hmm. 
I wanted that joy and that satisfaction to come from somewhere outside. And I struggled to just kind of make those connections within myself and how I was impacting the environment that in the different environments that I serve. Mm -hmm. So I think after not being able to sustain joy for so long, I had to learn that I had to take some of that ownership um, for myself. And that, that is what helped me to become a more reflective person. Yeah. Yeah. And the pandemic and this situation Uh has deepened that reflection so much because um, when you're sitting at home, you know, with you have nothing else to do but just to get quiet sometimes and, you know, just go into a little corner, get quiet and think or go take a walk outside your house and, and just find a, a, a centering space to just kind of retrain or reset your mind. Mm-hmm. And so um, reflection for me has become such an integral part of this process with the pandemic. It, it's deepened so much for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, a friend of mine um, was sharing um, a reflection that they had and they were running away, like in, in the process of reflecting, they were trying to get away from mm-hmm. what was coming up for them mm-hmm. because it wasn't comfortable. Yes. It wasn't like that wasn't their comfort zone. Mm-mm. And so as they were sharing this story, I'm like, you need to go back and revisit that place because there's mm-hmm. a message there for you. There, yes, there's a lesson yes. in that place, you mm-hmm. know, comfortable or not, there's a lesson there. And I think that's the, you know, that's a part of what you're saying too, is that it, to be still and just hear and listen or feel whatever mm-hmm. is coming up for you, comfortable or not. And then going back to this idea of being curious about that. Yes. That's where that deep reflection comes from is when I can get curious about my, what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just hear everything different. When you read, you look through a different lens. When you listen to a song, when you're watching a movie, when you hear conversations, you just begin seeing things through a different lens. Yeah. You know, and you just the way you process, it, it just, you just process things differently. Yeah. So reflection not only deepens your understanding, but it also shifts perspective. I think that's what you just said. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Shifts perspective. Yeah, and that's, I think, there is, and within lies the power of reflection. Um, It's about being able to deepen my understanding, but also shift my perspective so I can see something with a new light, Mm -hmm. a new lens, as you said. You know, and, and then even thinking about going back to teachers, you know, and educators in general, you know, the ways in which they experience school is very different from the way children are experiencing schools today. Mm-hmm. And so what is their experience and how can they be able to reflect on what their experience was and mm-hmm. sh- shift that, that perspective to mm-hmm. be more open and accepting to the way kids or children are participating in schools today? Yes. And I often ask people I work with, um, we never just reflect on what do we think about kids, just period, in general. <laughs> like, what do you think about, how do you feel about kids? What do you think about kids just in general, open? And, you know, people get, they get real quiet, like, yeah, what do I think about kids? How do I feel 
about this? Uh, you know, what, what are the things that I, that I think of when a child does this? Or, you know, we're all so different. And so, but we never think about that basic question that drives, that can really be a driver for a change. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we say that question kind of in passing, but that's the key. Yeah. Is what do we think about kids? Mm-hmm. Because everything we do is supposed to be for them, but it really becomes about us. Yes. <laughs> they get left out mm-hmm. in a sense. And then we feel some kind of way when they don't get what we wanted them to get, but we never mm-hmm. considered them in the, when we were planning it. Mm-hmm. How, how does but that work? Anything we do, it's like, you know, how even how we think about kids could be impacting our self-care and what we, yes. you know, how we enter the classroom, our everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know, recall um, when I was a school administrator, how many times um, teachers would call or send specific students to my office to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I would say to my teachers, especially with the um, frequent flyers, they yes. were often in my office, you know, mm. I would say to them, um, you know, the minute that I, I'm brought into the picture, the power shifts yes. to me, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so you no longer have, and, and not that you, and not necessarily to have power over, but what shifts is the relationship. The relationship yes. shifts. So now that student is going to be in relationship with me in a time of need Mm -hmm. than being in a relationship with you in their time of need. Yes. Right. Um, And so the student and I (coughs) want to work through this and come to some understanding that you aren't a part of. Yes. You can't even use that relationship Mm -hmm. the next time a challenge arises. Mm -hmm. Right. So how, how, what, what do you need so that you can be in that relationship with that student? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hard for, for teachers to answer because, and, and, I, and as I sit here and think about this now, I think the difficulty in that was that that teacher needed something themselves mm-hmm. that they didn't, they, they couldn't get, you know, they didn't have yes. in that moment, right? You know, they couldn't tap into their joy Yes. To consider why they needed to be in relationship with a student who, in their eyes at that moment, was being a disruption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. So why do I need to be in relationship with them right now? I just need mm-hmm. them out. Yeah, yes. I don't need to be in relationship with them, no. Um, and now it always seems like I'm now I'm addressing that student's need. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, in that student may come back to class feeling on cloud nine now because they did get their needs satisfied. Right. But then you're still feeling like, you know, yeah. this is not the outcome that you wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, and it's funny that you say that too, because I can't tell you how many times kids would go back to class happy and the teacher would then be madder because are yes. <laughs> angrier because they came back so happy. Like, why are they yes. happy? I sent them to you to be punished. Mm-hmm. Well, School is not in the punishing business. Mm, yeah. My school was not. I, I wasn't in the punishing business. Yes, my job yes. was to educate. Yes. And I can't educate kids if they're not in class. Mm-mm. 
You know, yes. my responsibility is to make sure they get educated and they can't be educated if they're not in class. Exactly. So I, I don't know what the punishment should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that is true. true. So um, as we bring this to a close, mm -hmm. um, I always like to end with giving... Um, my guest the space to just kind of say, what question did I not ask you that you feel is important for people to, with information that you feel is important for people to know, or what is there that you would like to say that wasn't said that you think is important for people to hear? Well, I think one thing that during this time, it's easy to feel like um, the world around you is moving without your permission and you can kind of get in the space where you feel irrelevant. Yeah. Even with my joy work, I kind of stumbled through being calling myself Dr. Joy <laughs> through this time of a pandemic and working with, you know, people who do not want feel joyful and sometimes just feel like they want to be mad, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um but joy is something that I believe in. And I believe it is the answer to our schools. And so, and I, so you're going to like kind of during this time, you're going to feel things and you have to stay the course. Yeah. You know, you have to stay the course with your work, with your passion, um, whatever's in your heart when it comes to education, you have to stay the course no matter what you see or hear maybe trying to pull you down around you because your work is relevant. Do we have to make shifts? Are there going to be changes? Is it going to look differently? Yes. But whatever is in your heart, it is, and whatever your passion it is, it's, it's very relevant. And for me, joy will always be relevant. So just remember that um, your work is important. You know, it's going to look different. There's going to be changes. It's not easy, and it's 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 uncertain, you know. And and sometimes when things are uncertain, you can feel irrelevant because you almost feel like, do I even like what's the place here for me? You know, I don't even know who I am in this situation anymore. But the joy comes from really being able to discover who you are and more about yourself um, through some of these challenges. And so, just stay the course. That would be my my um word or words that i want to remind educators yeah yeah those are some powerful words <laughs> i'm kind of stumbled through them but <laughs> you know <laughs> if my heart was saying it would it would definitely say you know don't give up you know on, on yourself and, and what you believe in yeah yeah some powerful words you know and you said joy comes from the discovery of who you are, your mm -hmm. authentic self. Yes. Because I, I, I and I so, um, so I wholeheartedly agree with that because I think there is, there are so many of us not being able to show up authentically. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and not because we can't, but because we don't know authentically yes. who we are. Yes. So, and that yeah. it's even your choice. You don't believe that it's your choice. Your to, choice, right. To do that, to be yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. That is so true, right? Mm -hmm. That is the choice that you can be whoever, whoever you are, that is who you are. 
-hmm. And you have the right to be that person. Yeah. Yeah. And when you step into your authentic self, that is where the joy is. Yes, right? absolutely. You know, and, and, and I think we talked to across this that, you know, of course, there are going to be ups and downs. Mm-hmm. That's just life. But as long as I know I'm being my authentic self, I can always hold on to joy. Yes, it's absolutely. always there just waiting for me to come on the other side of whatever the yeah. challenge is. <laughs> but yes. once I get on the other side, I know joy is always there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Joy, for this conversation. And I want to say to you, continue to be Dr. Joy throughout (laughs) the rest of this pandemic, because we need Dr. Joy's, you know, Um, someone to to remind us that the joy is from discovering who we are. Well, thank you. It's such a pleasure being here. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm.